This last week, our Supreme Court made two decisions. They basically made laws themselves. And the Supreme Court is not the, the legislative branch makes laws. That's what Congress and Senate are for. Governors, presidents, they don't make laws. They can make orders, but at the end of the day, an order is a suggestion or a recommendation. It is not law. There's no law behind it. That's how our Constitution is set up. Make sure you understand that. We increase our testing in our state, and yesterday there were 78,000 tests performed in a 24-hour period. And I got to hand it to the governor, that's getting pretty good. We were doing pretty bad for a while on testing. 78,000 in a day, that's pretty good. And so the more testing you do, you have more cases. That's what happens. That's part of it. The overall positive rate is still below 5%. Nothing's changed. It's just there's more people being tested. And I am all for, if a business wants to make someone wear a mask, they have that right. It's a, their business, their livelihood. And I will wear a mask in any business that asks me to. I don't think the government has the right to be telling us what to do. And in church, I just want you to understand, let's take the governor at his word for a minute. He said after 21 days, since churches were allowed to open, that they would reconsider opening churches up more. 21 days ago was last Monday. Nothing was said. And last time I checked, none of the rise in cases or any of that has anything to do with churches being open. It might be because protests were allowed to do as they please. Maybe. Just maybe. And we're getting back to normal around here. If you want to wear a mask to church, you do what God leads you to do. And I am all for that. I have no problem with someone wearing a mask. And there's reasons why people do. And I am all for you doing what is best for you and your family. And that is great with me. If you say you don't want to wear one, I'm fine with you as well. Amazing how we shame people for doing one thing, and then we shame people for not doing another. And those who shame people, you hear this phrase often about abortion, my body, my choice. Right? You hear that for abortion. And the ones who are for abortion right now will say, it's not your right to wear, you just need to wear a mask for everyone else's safety. It's hypocrisy, a grand scheme of hypocrisy. And in all honesty, if masks worked great like they say, then everyone should wear a mask everywhere they go, and everything should open up just like it used to be. Every football stadium should be filled up, every basketball, every baseball, because if masks work like they say, then everything would go back to normal if everyone would just wear them. They, and in some cases they work, and sometimes they don't. And the ones that do a better job are the ones that the hospital workers use. And your little piece of cloth that goes over your mouth a lot of times does not do a lot to help you out. It's called control is what that is. And so around here at church, if you want to wear one, go for it. And there is no judgment there, and you do what is best for you. But around here, we're getting back to just normal. This is the thing. You wear a mask and you come in and do all these things. What we're doing is we're focusing on this thing that's going to be around, okay? Uh, it's going to be around flu is around and everything else, and I know they say this is a lot worse than the flu. Let me give you a little thought here. If maybe they would have done a better job of keeping it out of nursing homes, half the deaths that have happened would not have taken place. And they have more control and should have been able to do something about that. Half the deaths, that's where they come from. In the United States, less than 200 kids under the age of 24 have died from this thing. More die from the flu every single year. And schools need to be open in the fall. Kids need to be back in school. Kids need to get back to, we need to get back to life. Amen. 
We need to get back to church. That's why we're having on the 5th of July, that's why we're having our picnic and things. And you might be here and say, well, pastor, I'm not ready. That's fine. Everyone has the right to do what is best for them in that area. I'm not going to force you to do anything. You want to wear a mask when you come in? Wear it. You don't want to wear it? I'm not your mother. I'm not your dad. I'm not going to police you on anything, okay? It's up to you to do what God leads you to do. And if you don't like that, wonderful. That's okay. But we just need to live for God and do what God's called us to do. And the call of God is still important. And this is what we need to do. We need to love one another. And this is what happens as well. We still have some people in our church that are very scared about this thing, and they think it's crazy we're having service this morning. I love them, and I care about them just like anyone else. And we need to be sensitive to their needs and be sensitive to it. We need to be balanced and be there for all together as one. And we need to move forward for God, and we need to get back to just serving God and doing everything we can to please Him. We spent almost six weeks of very slowly bringing things back. Today's the first day kids' classes on Sundays have been back. I waited six weeks. I gave time for it. Their chairs are spaced out a little bit down there. At the end of the day, their kids, you know they're not going to stay far away from one another. Whoever wrote the different rules for schools to open back up, I can tell you one thing. They are not teachers or around kids very often, or they've forgotten what it's like being around kids. Because making a kid wear a mask all day, they're going to play with that. They're not going to listen to a teacher. Or they're going to, you know, how is all that stuff going to happen? But we just need to serve God. We look at our text this morning, and some of you already tuned you out or if you're watching online, but you know what? I love you anyways. Our text verse, Ezekiel 22, verse number 30. I sought for a man among them that should make up an hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. The verse does not need a lot of explanation this morning. It says right there that God was searching for a man among Israel that would help make up the hedge and stand in the gap for the land, that he would not destroy it. But the Bible says that God did not find a man in that space. We read verse 31, it says, Therefore have I poured out mine indignation upon them, I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. God was looking for some men to stand up and make a difference in Israel. May I suggest to you this morning, and may I propose to you, I think it's a better word, that God is still looking for men to stand up today and to do what is right and to make a, make a hedge and fill in the gap. We live in a world today where there is a major gap of men. For Father's Day this morning, I want to give you some thoughts. I want you to understand a couple of things. Look at our world today. Look at our country today. If you think everything is good around us, there is something not right with you. There's a lot wrong today. We have a lot of issues. And I'm going to tell you two things this morning that would fix most of our problems. A lot of times when you hear me preach, I am very expository and I use tons of scripture. This is a topical message today, a little different than what I do, but biblical and a reason behind it. The two things we need in our world today, number one, we need Jesus. That's what everyone needs. 
They need the gospel of Jesus Christ. They need the good news of Jesus Christ. If you have been following along, and we do a de- I do a devotional every day going through the book of Mark. And just up on YouTube, I don't send you a text anymore, whatever. And uh, it's there. And this last one I did, I think it was, it was either Friday or Saturday, one of those days. Jesus had a very long day. He had healed the sick. He, cast a, oh, he went into the synagogue and preached. He cast a devil out of someone. He goes to Peter's house, heals his mother-in-law, and then there's a group of people wanting Jesus to heal them. It's been a long day. The Bible says the very next morning that Jesus got up early in the day and went and prayed somewhere. The disciples were still sleeping, and the disciples come to Jesus, and they tell Jesus, hey, people are looking for you. They were not looking for him for the message of the gospel. They were looking because he cast devils out, he healed people. That's what they were looking for. And they found Jesus, and Jesus did something very interesting. He said, guys, basically the just the way he said, that's not why I came. He basically said, we're done here, and we've got to move on to the next city because people need the good news of the gospel. That's what people need today. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ. They need the good news. But do you know the second thing that people need today? In America, people need good dads. Dads are important. Our world puts dads down. Go back with me to 1950s, 1960s. Average TV show, Father Knows Best, Leave It to Beaver, Andy Griffith. And when kids got in trouble, who'd they go to for help every time? Dad. Every single time. The 1990s, you have shows. And things changed in the 90s. It was more, dad's an idiot, and mom knows best. And sometimes that is the case. I'm not going to deny it, okay? There are times where mom does know what. I'm not going to deny it, okay? There are times that moms know a little bit more about what's going on, and that's a good thing, but dads are not idiots either. And then what about television shows in 2020? Mom and dad are both idiots, and the kids go to their friends, and that's how they figure out how to get through life. Our society is missing it. We are losing our respect for authority. We're losing our respect for our country. Do you know tearing down monuments does not change anything? It's called vandalism, and they should be arrested and put in jail and fined for what they do. That's not free speech. That's lawlessness is what that is. Anarchy. Another good word. I should have used that one too. We look at it and we think about it. I'm against slavery. And I think, we say we got a problem with racism in our country. We live in a great country today. There are a few people that are racist. And it's wrong. And it's wicked. But there's another thought that people miss out on. We look 
Ask some of these Confederate generals and Confederate leaders. Not all of them believed in slavery. Do you know why they fought for state rights? That's why they fought. Not all of them, but some of them. You know how we all say that states should have the rights on how they open up from the virus? That's what a lot of the Confederate generals were fighting for, that right. General Lee is a great example of that. And how many of his statues have been torn down? And he was a good man. But let's get rid of George Washington, too. That happened a few days ago. Let's get rid of Abraham Lincoln. When you take a society and you try to ruin the history behind it, what you're doing is you're trying to change the future and where it's going. I still believe we live in the greatest country on the face of the planet. I sincerely believe we have issues in our country and we're far from perfect. But we don't need to destroy our foundations. When we destroy our foundations, we're going to lose our freedom and liberty. And what are our, what are our children going to have someday? That's one of the biggest problems today. It's this younger generation, a few years younger than me. They're the ones causing most of the trouble today. But we can thank those who are older for taking the Bible out of schools and taking God out of things. We can also blame dads for not stepping up to the plate. I want to give you some statistics this morning. 30 million children in the United States do not have a dad. I'll repeat that. 30 million. 30 million. Go to the next slide for me. Crime. 85% of youths in prison grew up in a fatherless home. That's a fact. 80% of rapists motivated with displaced anger comes from fatherless homes. Fact. 26 of the 27 mass shooters, 26 of them had no dad in their life. Fact. Homosexuality. Now, we live in a day where people are, we need to accept it. It's still wrong in God's eyes. Let's make sure we understand that. But may I also let you understand something else this morning. Just because someone struggles with that doesn't mean that you hate them. But that's as wrong as racism is. God does not hate a homosexual. He loves them just like he loves you and me. He died for them. And we got to make sure God died for, he loves all people. Now, you don't turn to him. He will judge you at some point. But we got to understand something. We're not, today, there are a lot of people, and let's be honest, most of our homosexuality, the homosexual crowd, look and think about this, this doctor here. I've worked with thousands of homosexuals, and I've never seen a homosexual who had a loving relationship with his father. Never once. Next slide. 
about gender identity. Boys who grew up in a father-absent home is more likely than those in father-present homes to have trouble establishing appropriate sex roles and gender identity. It's a fact. Teen pregnancy. A white teenage girl from an advanced background is five times more likely to become a teen mother if she grows up in a single mother household than if she grows up in a household with both biological parents. 75, well, it's five times more. Five times more. Fact. Education and studies involving over 25,000 children using nationally representative data sets, children who live with only one parent had lower grade point averages, lower college aspirations, poor attendance records, and higher dropout rates than students who lived with both parents. Fact. Suicide. Three out of four teenage suicides occurs in households where a parent has been absent. 75%. Fact. Addictions and mental illness. Fatherless children are at a dramatically greater risk of drug and alcohol abuse, mental illness, suicide, poor educational performance, teen pregnancy, and criminality. The USDHHS is where that information comes from. It's a fact. We hear today that in our black neighborhoods, they're underprivileged. They don't have everything else everyone else does. You know a big problem in our black neighborhoods today? There's no father. You know a problem in all of our neighborhoods? The lack of a dad. Dads are important. Dads play a huge role in the lives of their kids. Our world wants to cast down the Lord and it wants to destroy the home. And Satan's been doing a very good job of both. We need dads that will step up to the plate. Now may I remind you of something young person in the room today may not have a dad in their life. Or maybe you just have a mom. You don't have both parents. Do you realize something this morning? You don't have to be a statistic. You don't. So I don't have it as good as everyone else. I think we saw a wedding yesterday take place. And we saw Sandy, no dad figure in her life, love God, do what's right, and God has blessed her in a great way, and we saw her marriage yesterday. I think we see a young man in Marquise that bounced around from different house to house to house to house, his dad dying when he was younger in age, and we saw the two of them yesterday get married to one another and see God do a great work in them. Just because there's some statistic there doesn't mean you have to follow some statistic. You have a heavenly father that makes up for any dad in your life. I think we could go around and we could speak, I am grateful for the dad God gave me. But there are many in this room that did not have the dad I did. I know Brother Jay, dad pretty much absent. I think he's turned out okay. We'll ask Brent about that later on. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. We'll ask JJ and Jason about that one later on. And, uh, but just because you might not have whatever, you can still do all right. You need God. He's our Heavenly Father. I want to take a few minutes this morning.
The message wasn't long last hour. We actually got done early. Joe was back there thinking, what, what happened to Pastor? How did he do that? What happened? It's my Father's Day gift to all the fathers to get out a little early, I guess. My prayer this Father's Day is fourfold. God, give us courageous men. We need men and fathers that have the courage to do what's right. They have the courage to lead their home. We think about this verse here in the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, why do I keep saying Ecclesiastes this service? We look at this verse here in Ezekiel, and we read it, and I want you to understand the way our world is today is not much different than what it was in Ezekiel's day. A godly nation of Israel grew sinful, and a strong nation became weak. People were flocking after idolatry and forsaking the worship of God. And righteousness is what exalts a nation. Sin's a reproach to any people. And what does he need? What does God need? What do you need in this passage of Scripture to bring righteousness back to Israel? He needed men that would stand in the gap and do what's right. What we need today, we need fathers. We need men that will step up to the plate and do what God's called you to do. I think about the song, Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Ye men, ye that are men, now serve him against the numbered foe. Let courage, courage rise with danger and strength to strength oppose. What type of men do we need today? We need men who are courageous enough to build their home on the word of God. We need men today that are courageous enough to rear their children in honesty and godliness. We need godly men today that have the courage to pay their debts. We need men who are courageous enough to support their family and to provide for them. We need men who are courageous enough to stand on their own two feet. We need men who are courageous enough to teach their children how to worship God in a society that does not want to worship God. We need, a, we need men that have the courage to stand up in their workplace and be a Christian and let the world know who they are. We need men who have courage to help their neighbor. God, give us men. My prayer this morning on Father's Day 2020 is, God, give us courageous men that will stand up for you and lead people back to you. The dads will step up to the plate in the homes and be what God's called them to be. If you want to make a difference today, you be the dad your kids need you to be. God, give us courageous men. Number two, God, give us church men. God, give us church men. Too many men today place God at the bottom of their priority list. To them, serving the Lord comes after pleasure. It comes after relaxation and everything else. I often hear this, I'm too busy with work, too busy with my friends, too busy with whatever the case may be, yet every ball game you're at, every fishing trip, every golf game, and they miss out on doing what they could for God. God, give us churchmen today. Men that will stand up and get their families in church that will take the lead in the home. Hey, Dad, step up and be the lead in your home today. A lot of times the men don't step up. And thank God for godly mothers. Thank God for godly mothers. And that's what happens. God seeks for a man when he finds none. Sometimes the ladies have to step up. 
We need men that will do what's right. Think about it. Mother's Day is one of the most attended days in our church. Father's Day is one of the least attended days in our church. I don't blame any of you dads in the room. You're all good men. I don't know why Father's Day is, but there's less of priority on the things of God. And we wonder why we're the mess that we are as a society. We need dads to be churchmen. Teach their families to love God. Teach their families to be in church. You know where I got my love for church? From my mom and dad. From my dad. God, give us churchmen. God, we look at our world today. God, give us courageous men. God, give us churchmen. Number three, God, give us men who love. And not the way they think love is. Love is not the way you think love is. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. We need God's help to love. You want to know the best thing, dads, you can do for your children? Love their mom. Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. God, give us men who love. And not the way this world loves. This world doesn't know what love is. This world's blinded to what love is. Love is what we got to witness yesterday at the wedding. Love is what Marquise has done in so many lives here. You should have seen, and if you were there, do you see all of our church family there? That's the impact that his life made on all of you. He showed you the love of Christ. And, and that's why young people, it's so important. Don't worry about falling in love. Worry about loving God. Because when you learn to love God, God teaches you how to love someone else. You will never love someone the right way until you learn to love God. That's why God needs to be the first and foremost important thing in your life. Because when he's not, you will not love like you should love. And many people miss that in life. God, give us men that would love. Love their wives. Be faithful to them. Men, be faithful to your wives. Love them as Christ loved the church and gave himself. Husbands or dads, love your children. Love them. What is the greatest way to show love to a child? It's about T-I-M-Time. Children need time with dad. It's important. The average dad spends less than two minutes a day interacting with his children. It's a fact. And you wonder why we have the problems we do today. Dads, spend time with your kids. The last three months, I have not enjoyed the lockdowns or whatever you want to call them, the stay at home. That just sounds better than a lockdown, but it's a lockdown. But one part that has been good is the extra time with the kids. David, it's his birthday this next week. I asked him what he wanted for his birthday, what he wanted to do. And when you ask a kid a question like that, that's a loaded question because you just don't know what the response is going to be. 
And so this is what he said. I want to go on a bike ride and go to lunch. I said, that's nice. He's like, no, I just want you and me to do it. Love your kids and spend time with them. If you were to ask my kids what their favorite game in the world is, what's it called, Caroline? Tackle Daddy Time. <laughs> Whoever came up with that, I don't know. And it's, and it's getting hard because nine and eight-year-olds, they're, they're getting some weight to them, and I'm losing some weight. So, <laughs> But literally, you watch. If they, if we, we used to, well, before all this, during the year, Friday nights would be family night. So one of them would get to pick what we do for dinner, and then they would get to pick our activity. And one of the nights are like, we just want to do tackle daddy time. <laughs> Isn't there anything else we could do? No, they like it. And literally, I can guarantee you, if I, we went home this afternoon and I just get on the floor, within a couple seconds, they will all be all over me. <laughs> they need time with their dad. It is a wonderful thing. Caroline, with teaching, I've been able to spend more time with Matthew than I do the other, th other three, just because he's, he's at home with me when Caroline's teaching during the school year. He told Caroline the other day, Mom, you just need to go back to teaching, and just me and Dad be at home. That's a wonderful thing, though. No, I, I, I'm glad he's with you more than me. <laughs> no. I can, as a dad, you can only handle so much. I don't want to get into all that this morning, but you need to spend time with your kids. They need time. And we'll be honest, in our home, times when life gets busy, you can actually see how their behavior is different when they don't spend time around dad. It's crazy. Dads are important. Our world casts down moms and dads, but I would say our world casts down dads even more than moms. But children need their dads. Be a part of your children's life. God, give us men with courage. God, give us men that um, we just need men today. We need church men. We need men who love. And number four and lastly this morning, God, give us men who will be an example to their children. Dads, you are an example. Our motto should not be do as, I, do as I say, not as I do. We need to be an example. God, give us men who will be an example to their children. Teach your children how to work. Sad state of our young people today that they don't even know how to push a broom or vacuum. Teach them. And I know sometimes you're like, it's just easier to do myself. 99% of the time it's easier to do yourself. But if you don't take the time to teach them, who's going to? Be an example to your kids. Dad supplied so much to the home. I think one of the greatest things that dad provides is security. You know why 75% of young ladies or was, no, that was suicide. It was five times greater lady, young ladies are to get pregnant outside of marriage, those who don't have a dad in their life. Why? There's no security. What do they need? 
They need security. They need a dad to bring security to them. That's what our Heavenly Father does for us. No one can pluck us out of his hand. Once you're in his hand, you're safe, you're secure. Nothing can change that. But you know what a young lady is looking for? Acceptance and security. If she doesn't find it in dad, she's going to find someone else to do it. And dads, you're very important. Be an example. Teach your children how to read their Bibles. Teach your children how to worship God. Teach your children and put your phone away and don't be on it all the time. As the phone goes off, that's perfect timing. <laughs> Thank you, whoever that was. That was perfect. Couldn't ask for a better timing on that. I'm waiting to see who pulled out their phone to see whose it was. I didn't see a phone come out, though. Be an example. You be an example of how to love. Be an example of God to them. Do you realize that a lot of young people that have a hard time with God have no relationship with their dad? Because if you don't have a relationship with your dad who's there before you, how are you going to have a great relationship with the God you've never seen before? Your Heavenly Father. I always get asked, why are you harder on Father's Day than what you are on Mother's Day? Because mothers never do anything wrong. I think because as fathers, we've been given a great example by our Heavenly Father of how we need to be for our children. I think, guys, we've been given an example of how we're supposed to treat our wives. There's a lot expected of us from God. And I'm thankful for the dads in our church. But we need more. Do you know the other thing? There are many young men in our church that need a dad-like figure in their life. It's one of the things that Marquise was so good at. The teenage boys, he made them feel that way. He would take them on hikes or I don't know what else. All he did, he'd pick them up. But I'll tell you something. Who's going to replace that? Because the young men in our church still need that. And I do my best, but there's only so much I can do. And there's less of me now than what there was a few months ago, so I can't even do as much with that. Yeah. But we need, our young men need a good godly example. My prayer this Father's Day is fourfold. God, give us courageous men. I look at our world we need courageous men that will stand up for what's right. What we see before our eyes, we see all the ones that should be standing up and speaking are the silent ones not saying a word. We need dads that will stand up for what's right and speak up and be courageous. We need men that will be strong and be in church and be involved and put a priority on God. We need men that will love their families and love their wives and love their kids we need men that will be an example to their children. Dads, I encourage you today to find some time. Find some time by yourself. And pray to God and ask Him, God, help me be a courageous man. God, help me be a church man that puts you first. 
God, help me be a man that loves the way you love. Help me be an example to those around me. If we want to make a difference in our world today, I think there's two good places to start. Get Jesus to everyone. And Dad, be what you're supposed to be. We're losing this generation. We are. So look on the streets and watch the news. We're losing it. The other day, our city had our, our council meeting they have every two weeks. And our mayor, our chief of police, and I thank God for the city that we live in. The city of Chino is a good city with good leadership. Our mayor, Eunice, is a Christian and a good lady. And I thank God for her and I pray for her every day. Chief Simmons, our chief of police, is a good, godly Christian man. I pray for him every day. We live in a great city, but there was a group of young people that went to the council meeting on Tuesday. And they're telling the mayor that we need to defund the police in our city and give it to other programs. And I was in a little meeting, and the mayor was there and the chief of police. And one thing that the mayor said, and the chief of police both, they need God. But they need people to point them to God. And I thought that was very powerful from them. Because they made this statement. People have pointed them in the direction that they're going, and that's why they are doing what they're doing. Maybe if God-fearing people and godly leadership would take these youth and point them in the right direction, they could use their energy for something that would be good instead of using their energy to do the things that they're doing now. And if the mayor and the chief of police could figure that out, why can't our churches figure that out? We must reach the young people of today with Jesus Christ. We must men step up to the plate and be an example. We must. Oh, how we need God. How we, we can do something about this. We can change things. But not without God. I look in our world and it looks pretty bleak all around us in all honesty. But God's still working. And the bleaker it gets, God's going to search for a man. There's going to be no one to stand in the gap. Let's stand up today. Let's stand in the gap. Be what God's called us to be. And let's get this nation, let's get these young people back to God where they should be. Father, I love